inside the house. But when we come together and we gather together for God's ordained time and moment, it is so that we can be empowered to live out a Christ-like life outside this place. It's easy to praise Jesus in this place because we're all praising Jesus. And if you weren't, you missed out. I don't care. But it's hard to praise Jesus out there. So this morning, I just love this band. I pray a fresh anointing over you guys. Pastor Jordan, I hope you don't mind. I just honour our pastors here, Pastor Jamaica and Pastor Jordan. I pray a fresh anointing over the sound of the worship because they're not here to entertain. And if you're here to come to an entertaining church, you're probably in the wrong place. Uh, They are here to lay down everything to Christ just like you and I. They're here to worship just like you and I. They're not here to lead you. You're your own leader. I don't know where that came from. We think that there's worship leaders in the house. No, we're all worship leaders. The Bible says that David danced before the Lord. He was his own worship leader. Why? Because God's given us the power of worship, right? So we can raise up hands and worship ourselves. They're just doing their own thing with God, and we're just joining in. When I think about how David worshipped team, David would, you know, they would have instruments of praise and tambourines and like, I don't know, I'm just paraphrasing right though. You like my hair? I'm like, I can Okay, anyway. Um, but they would have like cymbals and they would be drumming and cymbals and trumpets and there'll be all this noise because everyone's just using their instruments to praise and they just praise, 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 praise. And it was a collective place of just noise and worship because they were all worshipping to God. And that's what it should be like when we come to the house of God. We should have a mandate to worship God. We're actually not here to be entertained. <laughs> We're here just to worship God. We're here to give Him it all, just as we are. And you know what? He knows when we're lying. It's so funny. I know when I've had an argument with my husband, and he pretends he's smiling in church, and I'm giving him the look. <laughs> oh, you women don't argue with husbands. But I just have to look at him, and he knows that I haven't made up with you. But the Bible says that you have to make up before you worship. No, I've got to worship to even go to him and make up. For me, it's a little bit different, and I'm not saying God's wrong, but I know God. Like, I just want to hold this grudge a bit longer. Because I know that through worship, he will come and apologize to me because he knows he's wrong. So when we come and worship... We're actually coming just to give everything to God. Broken pieces, all that, all, everything we have, all our mess, all our junk, all our hidden sins. You know, the stuff that you do in silence that you think no one knows, everybody knows because they're doing the same thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's truth. That's why the Bible says, do not come into this house and judge one another because you all have to stand and account before God. We don't look to the left or the right. We've got our own messes to deal with. You don't know my mess. God knows my mess. He's still fixing me. If he didn't need to fix me, then none of us need the Holy Spirit. And we all need Holy Spirit because we all need fixing. 
Aren't you glad? So it's really good to be in here. I just pray a sweet anointing over this team. I believe an increase. I declare that over our worship team that they will increase in relationship, not in music. We don't need the music. We need them to be deeper in Christ because the music comes from a place of unity. Then there is harmony. If there's no unity, there's never harmony. And so I declare that over this team right now in Jesus' name. Can we give the Lord a hand for them? They are a gift to this house. They are a gift to this house. Can we say that again? They are a gift to this house. Can we say it together? They are a gift to this house. Amen. So that's why we have to look after one another. Do you just want to come and sit down or are you all right sitting there? Oh, you already left. No, here's me tapping into the Holy Spirit and you guys have already left. Hallelujah. Well, happy Mummy's Day. I see that Pastor Jamaica's got us some really nice gifts, something for our hips and something for our hands. So it works hand in hand. Um, so this morning, um, just acknowledge our pastors and thank them. I really miss my babies this morning. I just want to say that I found it hard leaving our children's church this morning. I went in there and then I saw Pastor Darren. I was trying to mind my own business, but he wasn't actually doing it the right way. So thank God that he's given me knowledge and wisdom that I know how to like look at him and go, And he just, he's got the spirit of discernment and he knew that he was doing it not my way. So um, I'm, really, I'm really thankful for our babies and I'm thankful that I'm able to stand before you in the house of the Lord. This morning I'm going to, I think I'm going to share a message with us this morning that I've shared over the last 20 years of ministry. It's not new. It's just been prepared with a new spirit. It's not new. Um, nothing that is preached under the heavens, under, on earth and under the heavens is new. Because everything that is said has been said. All we're doing is preaching it through a new lens and a new culture and a new way. And we're becoming mature in Christ that, that what's coming out of us is more sweet, just like wine. If you leave wine for a while and you're not, no young people here. I'm just saying if you leave wine for a while, it sweetens up. Yeah, well, that's what happens when we carry the word. It just sweetens up and then we're able to release it. So what I'm going to share to you, I've been sharing over the, over the ministry for about 20 years. So it's nothing new. For some of you, that may be the first time you've heard it. For some of you, you think, oh, Pastor, I've heard that from you before. Well, get over it. You need to hear it again. And it's not because I don't have anything to say to you. I just feel in my spirit that this is God's assignment for us this morning. Amen. Is that okay? All the women in the house say amen. So I'm going to share some stuff about the woman, but it's also important that men that you open your ears. And all the men say amen. Um, Carl, bro, just please watch. Uh, so um, it's important that the men of the house also open their ear gates because you are attached to a woman. You have a mother, you have a sister, you, you have a wife, you have an auntie, you have a grandmother potentially. You have women attached to you, co-workers attached to you. So you need to understand how the woman operates. If you don't understand how she operates, you're going to misuse her. Stop misusing the woman in your life. And I use this as an example 
um, Pastor Jordan, I remember when, you know, we get a, okay, when, when, when we go to Briscoe's, right, and we buy something, and men are bad at this, don't ever ask men to put things up because they don't read the instructions, they just put it up and then they wonder why they've got missing like extra pieces. But as women, we like to read instructions, we look at the paper and we look at the thing, we, look, we lay it all out and we've got this plan in our brains because that's how God created us, we're very creative. But we're also good at following instructions, where men are not so good. And all the men say, you say him. Okay, then no you're not. So when you go to Briscoe's, you know, when you go to Briscoe's and you buy something new, like a fan, oh no, this is an example, my husband, you buy a heater, and you know, it's just like five parts, it's the heater, and then it's the legs. How can you get it wrong? How can you have a spare leg? How can you have a spare leg and the heater's in your lounge and it's kind of lopsided? I just think to myself, does that look right, darling? Uh, yeah, they must have an extra piece. No, there's no extra piece. So you know what he does? He puts together this piece of equipment. He's got extra pieces. And then me being the wife that I am, and I'm going to sort this out so you men understand, we don't nag you, we are your helper. You call it nagging, we call it helping. And so... I am absolutely serious, ladies. Listen to this. Because you've already read the instructions and you see the picture, the picture doesn't look like what they created, so you have to be the helper and tell them, you've got it wrong. Ding, ding. And if they're wise, they won't huff and puff and get angry and walk out and have an argument because you corrected them as the helper and you're shielding them so they don't make a fool of themselves when their grandkids come and push it over and it's on the ground. And so you explain to the husband, husband, that's not right. And they may huff and puff. Stop huffing and puffing. You're huffing and puffing because your lady has been created by God to give you and to help you and to be a helpmate to you. So her role is to actually encourage you to get it right because she knows it even before you got there. She's created that way. I'm going to prove it with scripture so you don't think I'm lying. I'm going to give you scripture. I'm going to back up what I said, ladies, ladies of God. I'm going to tell you that you're not nagging, you're helping. They may take it as nagging, but men of God, it's called helping. So I want us to kind of talk about the woman and kind of talk about men and kind of talk about this stuff because it's real, I'm more passionate about this. I've been preaching from the platform for 20 years on the same thing. And I've never changed the way I deliver this message because it's the most powerful message that has helped me and my husband stay together for how many years? <laughs> over. He just said over. Over what? <laughs> That's helped us stay together for 33 years. But I tell you what, it's like wine. We're sweet to each other now, but be, in the beginning, we were like rum and coke. <laughs> Probably not the best version, no. We were like, yeah, with ice in it. And it was just like, like that. But now we're like a sweet wine. We're matured. 
we've grown together, we've aged together. So, you know, all you young ones that are just newly together or newly married or dating or courting, I don't know what you call it these days, but whatever you're doing, praise Jesus, he sees it all. Okay, but whatever you're doing, I just want you to know that as time, as you mature in your walk with God, things get sweeter. So don't give up on each other. Amen. So as I said, this message is for everyone. Um, I want to say this to us before I begin, that woman of God, you were not an afterthought to God. You weren't like a plan B. You are the plan. Because without you, nothing else would exist. Without you, nothing else on earth would exist. Humanity as we know it would finish at Genesis. It would just be Adam and his lonely self talking to animals and God. And in these days, if you talk to animals, that's called mental illness. <laughs> seriously, serious. We don't talk to animals. So I want to say that before I begin, and I want to say that he created her as an important part of his creative plan, woman. And he built her extraordinarily. She has the capacity to do so much, the woman, in your life. You know, men of God, you may only be able to do one or two things. Women of God, we can do like 50 things. The kids could be running, dinner could be on here, this could happen, I could be arguing with my husband over there, but I'm still working in my environment because we have the ability to, extraordinary ability to multitask. And all the women, you know what I mean, right? And that's why you have to be careful with your gift that you don't use it against your husband. Because you may be good at multitasking, they are not. But that's... No, I'm being serious. That's okay. See, when God created the man, he put him in the Garden of Eden and he, he started to name the animals, right? God didn't give him two tasks. He just said one task. Name the animals. <laughs> just name the animals. If God said name the animals, and then the birds, and then the fish, and then this, and then that, and then that, the man would not know what to do with himself because the helper was not yet involved in his life. So we have to be very careful, women of God, that we don't use it a weapon against our men. And all the women say, Amen. So I've always said, in order for us to understand the, the Old Testament, we need to go back to the New, I mean the Old Testament, in order for us to understand the New Testament, we need to go backwards to go forward. I say if, there, if you can understand the Genesis 1 to 6, you can understand the whole Bible. And I keep saying that over and over again. If you can understand Genesis 1 to 6, you can understand the whole Bible. The Bible started in the garden, the Bible will end in the garden. From Genesis, it was in the garden, and Revelation, you'll go to paradise. It's a garden. So everything starts from Genesis. So I'm going to read from Genesis 1.26. And if you have your Bible, your iPad, iTablet, i whatever, all your eyes, read that up there. Amen? Are we okay? Make sense? Don't judge me because I didn't pray. I already prayed. Because you'll go, oh, Pastor didn't pray before the word. I already prayed. Okay. And then God, then, then God said, let us make man. Everyone say man. In other words, this new species, this new being, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make this new species in our image. 
in the very image and the nature and the, and the characteristics of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. According to our likeness, they say, and let this new species have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So here's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They have a hui. And in this hui, they have this conversation about creating man. It amazes me that when, he, when they created the heavens and the earth, they separated things and they made the animals. They didn't have a conversation, they just said, and it happened. But when they decided to create man, they had a hui. They had a meeting. And they said, let us do this. And they all agreed on this, and then it was. And then they, they made, they said, Father, Son, and they all, all made this pact that they were going to make a man. See, a spirit, um, they wanted to make a spirit just like themselves. And I hear this a lot in the body of Christ, that we are a spirit. Um, I hear this quite a lot about the spirit man, about, about a body and about the soul, and where it all fits in the Bible. But I want to say the very nature and characteristics of man was created by God himself when he created the man. In Genesis 2, 7 and 8, it says, The Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. We know the story, right? You've heard me preach about it for 20 years. If you've been here for 20 years, that's how long I've been preaching it. And it says, And breathed into the nostrils the breath of life, the spirit, the zoe, the spirit, the breath of life, and man became a living being. He formed man from the dust and he breathed into nostrils the breath of life. The word zoe in Hebrew, zoe, the breath of life. And that very soul become living. He made man out of the soil and he never went back, ladies. He made one man and all men came from one man. Everybody came from one body. Do you understand how powerful that is? Everybody came from one body. Everybody came from one body. Say that. Everybody came from one body. And the Lord God planted, in verse 8, a garden eastward of the Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed, and God planted the garden and put the man there. The word Eden, and Pastor Jordan has spoken about this a lot, it means delight, it means pleasure, it means presence. So what God did is that he made animals, he separated the earth and the water, and he, he made uh, the, the birds fly in the air, and he made all this stuff, and then he made man. And he made man from the dust of the ground, this vessel. And he breathed Zoe, he breathed life, he breathed his spirit into this man. And then he picked up this man because the man cannot thrive outside of the environment in which God had created the man to thrive. And he picked up the man, and the Bible says he placed the man in the very presence or this place called Eden. Are you with me? Are you all right? Just nod. If you don't know what I'm saying, just go, no, and I'll, I'll backtrack. Everyone know or no? We okay? So he placed man in this place called Eden. So the spirit man, which God created, needed a physical vessel. A physical vessel. That's why, ladies, I get really sad when I hear the words, I'm just, I'm under. I'm under my husband. And we take it by one scripture, that the men are the head of our household. And we make that law. But that's not scripture. 
That's just one verse. Why don't we just take one verse and call that gospel? That's not gospel, that's just one verse. Because you've got to take the other 120 verses about that same subject to make a conclusion. Um, we say this as a vessel like the woman are a weaker vessel, which is in the Bible. But we take that as the woman is second to us. They're not second to us, they're the same as you, they have the same spirit. It's just the vessel that is different. The vessel that is different. God made a vessel in order to put his spirit in. He made Adam the body, the vessel for Adam, to put the spirit of God or the spirit of man into that vessel. It's like a wine glass and a beer jug. Man, this is terrible. And no, I'm not, t I'm not encouraging you to go down to the pub after church. I'm just saying. It's like a wine glass and a beer jug. The wine glass and the beer jug carries liquid. Is that correct? But the beer jug is hardy. It's hard. It's, it's hard to hit. If you hit a wine glass, it's easy to break. The vessels carry the same thing. But they're very unique and different. And that's why you have to be careful handling the vessel in which God gave you. Because she's very fragile. It doesn't mean she's weak like she is second best to you. She is your companion, compatible with you. She has the same spirit as you, but her vessel is slightly different because God made her that way. If you could ha handle carrying a baby, God will give you a womb, men, but you can't. You can't even get sick because you cry like you're dying. <laughs> is that true? I'm serious. When my husband's, you know, not well, I'm like, us women, we are well. We still have to get up and do the kids. We still have to do the school rounds. We still have to do this. We still got to clean the house. We still got to do this. And our husbands, when they're sick, they're just laying on the couch like, <laughs> Marcus, is this, are you being convicted? Yeah, because I've had some conversations with my daughter. So this is the thing about God and his uniqueness and how he created the vessels. We have the same thing in us, but the vessels are very different. And that's why women, we're a weaker vessel. We're easily fragile. But you put, a, put sperm in us, we will give you a baby. And you try pushing out a baby, men, you would not be able to push out a baby. So you agree? Thanks. So this is God in his wisdom and his awe. He needed a physical vessel in order to put a spiritual element of himself. He needed a physical vessel, the body, in order to fulfill his assignment for that man on the planet Earth. I remember Isaiah, Isaiah 9, 6 says, Unto us a child is born, and I always love the scripture, and I refer to it all the time. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. In other words, they are very different. A child, King Jesus, was born. But the son, the Messiah, the deliverer, Yahweh, he was given to to you and I that we could have life and life abundantly. Do not confuse the difference between a child and a son. The child, King Jesus, was wrapped up in flesh and put in the womb of the woman and birthed through the canal so that the blood can break open and new life can come. This is, men, if you've had been in delivery suite, you should know, and if you don't, then you know not to go there because this is what it's like. 
canals open and blood comes out. But blood must be broken in order for new life to come. A woman cannot be impregnated without blood. If a woman does not have a cycle, she cannot have a child. Okay, a different subject. Okay, we'll do that at marriage counselling. <laughs> so the son was given, the Messiah. And then it says in Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said, it is not good for this man that he should be alone. I will make him a helper compatible or similar to him. And I love this, girls. I love this. This is like power to my bones. Because you can't read about women being a weaker vessel and, and submitting and understanding how the men fit as an honouring part of God's ordained purpose if you don't understand in which God had created you and I. Here, Adam, he is working, he is having dominion, he is responding to God, he's walking in the calls of the day, he's naming animals. Hey, bro, I don't know how he did it, but, you know, he had no clothes on, and, you know, he's just, like, out in the air. You know, he's naming animals, he's talking to God in the calls of the day. You know, he's reigning, he's ruling, there's no sin. He's doing everything that God created him to do. And God turns up and he goes, man, this is not good for this guy to be by himself. And this is the thing. They're not good to be by themselves. God didn't create them to be by themselves. And it does not mean that you have to go out now and get married. No, 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 no. But God says out of all creation and everything that he created and the plants and the trees and all the birds of the air and the fish in the sea, he said that's all awesome and good. But he said, this man, he's ruling, he's reigning, he's doing everything. He's, he's in the right position with me. He's walking the course of the day. He's talking to me. We're having a cool time. He goes, it's not good for that guy to be alone. That's why, woman, you're not an afterthought. That's why you're an important part of God's creative plan. And so he had to make a helper. And he, you know, at this time, Adam's using his brain. At this time. I'm so sorry, it's so funny. I'm just like, I've got this thought in my head, but I'm not going to loose it out. I'm not going to loose it. But I'm just saying, Adam was using his brain. He was like giraffe. Lion. Rawr. You know, he was like, he was like, he was so creative. He was like snake. Bear. Woo. You know, I don't know. He was like, this Adam, he was so creative. He was, he was using his brain. Sometimes I wonder where that brain is. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> delete that, delete that, delete that. But he's Adam, he's using his brain and he's naming all these animals and he's thriving in the presence of God. And that's the man I want. Who wants that kind of man? Which woman wants that kind of man that's striving in the pr and all the men at the house? What are you two putting your hands out? You're like the men of the house are saying, "I want to be that man." Yeah, you need to be that man. But anyway, he was striving, and I want that man. I want that man in my life who's striving in the presence of God, who's worshiping God, who's walking with God in the calls of the day, who's so creative and go lion. Bear, 
you know, six A. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, like he's creative and and he's striving and he's doing so amazingly. That's the man that I want in my life. I didn't get that man, but I'll explain to you why. No, 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 no. I'm gonna. Well, you gotta be patient, right? I'm gonna. I'm a, I'm going to drop some bombs that you're going to think are offensive, but by the rap, the time is up, you'll understand why I dropped that bomb. I did not get that man, and I wasn't meant to get that man. And I'm going to prove to you why, but not yet. Just hold that thought. So this man, he needed a helper. I don't know why he needed a helper, because he was thriving, but God knows. And God says, I need this helper compatible or uh, have equal value and equal regard. I need him to have that. So when we look at this first woman, when people see this, they see it as the meaning, like this thing, a woman is a helper. It's like she's a lower character, she's lower statue, she is lower in reputation. Some assume that this means that she's lesser in position or purpose. It's a lie from the pit of hell. I'm going to show you, I promise. God often describes himself with the same root word used in the context of helper. I'm going to prove to you. The word helper means ezer, E-Z-E-R. That's the same word that is used in the context of Genesis. It is used 21 times in the Old Testament, and only 21 times in the Old Testament. It describes the woman, Eve, it describes an army, Israel, and it describes God in the Old Testament. Helper, help. In Psalms 115, 9 to 11, it says, O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help, someone say help, and their shield. The same word help here is Israel the same name as helper in Genesis. He said, O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O you who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Is Ur. Clearly, in this passage of scriptures, God's not saying, oh look, the helper is second best. No, God's saying, I'm the man. So woman of God, as a helper, you are the woman. You are the one man, the one man. I said, one man. You are the one man. You are the rescuer, and you are the defender. You are the shield to your husband. You are the helper to your husband. That's what God has called you to be in your husband's life. Being an Ezer or helper had nothing to do with being less important. It's not about being second best with your husband or being like we say, the weaker vessel and taking that, that scripture out of contents. It's not about being a submissive sidekick. Oh yeah, that's my girl here. Man, I, I don't stand behind my husband. I stand with my husband. He looks younger and sexier because I'm standing next to him. I'm serious. I'm serious. Serious. And as a woman of God, we need to take the position as helper from the position of strength, not of weakness. And that is how we must understand this word, ezer, or helper, when it describes the woman in Genesis. And that is why men of God, and I'm going to speak to you just for a slight minute, and I've said this so many times over the platform, 
that you need to be careful how you handle her. Because in the book of John, the Bible declares that we have a helper. And the helper is going to teach us all things. And the helper also reminds us of all things. Helper. That is why you have to be careful what you give to her because she's going to be your helper. I'm going to give you a very good example. If you want um, to remember anything in your life, um, with my husband, he's, uh, he doesn't have always the best of memory. And so I've got to know his passwords for his, for his Sky TV. It's really important, ladies, like far out. It's like... I've got to know the password for the Sky. I've got to know the password for Spark. I've got to know the password for his Facebook. I've got to know the password to his bank account. Praise Jesus. I need to know all the passwords. So he tells me so that I can remind him when he forgets. That's exactly what your helper does. That is why you need to be careful what you tell her because she's going to remind you. Um... I hope that, you know, at the end of the service, uh, it happens many times, men go home and, and sometimes they go to, go to their woman and go, man, God really touched me today. And we, us women, we want to hear it, right? We want to be inspired by what God's saying to our men. And, they start, and they're like, oh yeah, he touched me so much. And you know what, honey? I'm so sorry. I'm sorry I don't do the dishes. <laughs> I'm sorry I don't help out as much. I'm sorry I don't lead our devotion and do our prayer meeting. I'm sorry I haven't been a godly example to our kids. And he's going there and he's blabbing off all the stuff because God's told him and the Holy Spirit's been speaking to him at church. And then, you know, one week it's all awesome and he's doing devotion, he's praying for his kids, he's picking up his clothes, he's putting the toilet seat down, he's, he's wiping the bench, he's lifting up stuff and wiping the bench, not just wiping the bench. And he does all this stuff, and he does it for week one, Lynn. He does it for week two, Lynn. does it for week three. But week four, Lynn's had enough. And Lynn starts slowing down. And so the helper reminds Lynn about what he said to her. Like, honey, remember. Remember you said that you are going to do the vacuum cleaning? Remember you said that you are taking devotion tonight? Remember you said that you want to get up early in the morning and pray over our household? Remember you said that you're going to get me a new Bible? Remember, 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 remember. And do you know what the husbands can do? They can take this as a pastor. She's just always nagging. She nags me about everything. But she's not nagging, Leah. She's being your helper. She's reminding you, Leah, don't worry, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. I can see the looks. I, I, I can understand, like, that, that's what happens. Is that what happens in your, that happens in my marriage all the time? So I'm just talking about my marriage. Your marriages might be really awesome, but my marriage is hard work. Okay, I'm married to someone. It's hard. I'm serious. If you're married to someone or the woman that has gay men, it's so hard. It's hard. And so she's reminding you about what God said to you, but she's not reminding you to harm you or to hurt you. She's reminding you to keep you accountable and to be your shield and protect you from yourself because you have already released to her that this is what God is saying to you. So her job is to help you get into the place and position with God. 
She's not nagging. She's reminding you. But then the helper in John, it says that he's going to teach you all things. That's why my husband's the best driver. Because I'm his teacher. I am serious. Woman of God, you know, right? If it was not for me, and I'm being honest, no, not Holy Spirit, me, his helper, teaching him how to drive, telling him go left, reverse this way, watch out for that kid, don't speed, slow down, don't be behind at the old lady, she needs to park, move on. If it wasn't for me teaching him, he would have lost his license by now. And I'm being honest, because he almost lost his license. Because he did not listen to his helper, who's on his left, who's whispering in his ear. That is why, men of God, you need to be careful. Because the vessel that you're handling, she is your Ezra, she is your helper. She is going to remind you and teach you things, not to put you down, to build you up and to put you into position. She is compatible to you. She has the same spirit as you, but her vessel is a little bit different. What is my time? Am I okay, Pastor? Men of God, make sure the food's ready. Okay. I've got more to say. (laughs) See, the thing about us women is that we prophesy what you give us. And I always say this, and I've said this even to Pastor Jordan, you don't choose your leaders by looking at the men. You choose your leaders by looking at the women. If there is a woman, if I come in and I'm always depressed, and I'm really sad all the time, and I'm upset all the time, then there's something wrong with him, not with me. I'm serious, Caesar. I'm serious. I'm so serious. I'm telling you, this is, a, this is right. Because if the man of God is telling you who you are in Christ Jesus, you won't walk around depressed. You won't walk around sad. You won't walk around like you're the queen bee of everything. And guess what? I do. Because every morning, my husband delivers me a love letter. For the last 30 years, I've received a love letter every morning from my husband. And I was thinking I was going to read you my love letter this morning. I'll see. And it's G-rated. I can't read you. I can't read you yesterday's one. It's not good. It's not G-rated. But that's his purpose in my life. He's reminding me who I am. He's telling me that I'm so beautiful. Even when my, my hair's a bit funny, and, he, and I walked out of the bathroom and his eyes rolled, and I'm all like... <laughs> I'm like, is this look all right? And he's like, mm. <laughs> Don't ever do that to a woman. Even if you don't like it, smile. And so when we choose leaders in, in businesses and companies, you look at the woman, you don't look at the man. Too many churches choose a man because they're a man. You're the man, or you be the man. But your family's falling apart. But you need to choose your leadership in any organisation, whether spiritual or physical, through looking at the woman in the life. 
When I look at, um, and I use my son, when I look at um, our pastor, my son, man, I think we've got the best pastor in the world. The way he treats this girl is better than the way he treats me. No, it is exactly how it's meant to be. Because he has learned from the best father and the best model. And now he is treating this woman as, as she deserves to be treated like his queen. She sits at the table and he brings her her meal. And I just look at her and I think, man, my husband does that to me too. He will never eat unless I eat. He always makes sure I'm tucked into bed every night. And you may think, oh, this is so corny. That's why we're married 33 years. Because it's so corny. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> Remember? <laughs> He's going to tuck you into bed so today. <laughs> This is a true story, family. I hope this is maybe I know this sounds funny, but it's a true story. Like every morning waking up to a love letter from the man that you love and falling more in love with him. Every night being tucked in, regardless of if these sports are on the TV, he will get off even when the crusaders are about to try. And I test him sometimes. I do. I know you women of God don't because you're so holy. But I test him sometimes. I wait for the moment where he's like... <laughs> you know? Because he's watching the game. Like, he's watching the game. He's like... <laughs> I wait for that moment. And in that moment, I get up and I walk to my room. And I think to myself, I wonder if he's going to come. He comes. <laughs> And I know he's like this because my bedroom, he can see the TV and he's like, okay. <laughs> and he's like, plug it in my phone, but he's plugging it in my phone so he can make sure he can see the TV. Because that's okay, right? So men of God, your woman reminds you and she's teaching you not to harm you or hurt you, but she's doing that because that's what her calling is in your life. She is there to help you to be in position at all times. Amen. Is that helping? Is this helping? Is this okay? Are you okay? Okay. Okay. Um, so where am I up to? 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 Okay, on the last point, my husband said on my last point. Um, but I do say this, woman of God, please be careful with the gift that you don't use it as a weapon. Um, and we do use it as a weapon. And all God's women say, not me. But we do use it sometimes to harm. See, our gift that we carry, the Ezer, the helper, if we're not careful, we can use it as a weapon. And I remember that a friend came to me a while, like a few years ago, and she came for advice. Who knows if you come to me for advice, you might not like it. So don't come to me, better to go to pastor. Okay, you might not like it. So she came to me for advice, and there was friction in her marriage, there was friction in the household, and they were, they were fighting and moaning, and, and there was stuff happening, and she was just really disappointed that her husband wasn't able to find Ephesians, I think, in the Bible. And it became such an issue, and the kids, the kids could feel the friction, because he's meant to be the head of the household, and he's meant to know Genesis to Revelation, right? No, he's not God. But anyway, he's meant to know. 
And she came to me, she said, look, Pastor, said, like, you know, he couldn't even find Ephesians. And he's meant to be leading our devotion with the kids, and he didn't do this, and he didn't do that. And I think she came to me wanting this real spiritual advice. But if you know me, I'm very practical when it comes to working out the Word of God. I told her to go to Manor's bookshop and buy some Bible tags with Genesis to Revelation. So that when they had devotion, her husband could easily find Ephesians and find John and, for, and find um, Genesis. If he doesn't know Genesis, we've got an issue. <laughs> if he doesn't know where Genesis is, oh, we've got an issue. But anyway, she, bought, so she, she left my conversation. I don't think she was very happy, to be honest. I think she wanted me to tell her how very bad her husband was leading. But he was not leading bad. He was leading the way he knows how to lead. Because who knows that God has not given us a finished product in anyone? None of us are a finished product. Our husbands are messed up, ladies. Let's get over it. We said all that. They're messed up. They're going to make mistakes. But guess what, woman? We're messed up and we're going to make mistakes. So she went and, and she did take my advice and she bought these things from Manor and she put them in Genesis and Revelation into her Bible. And when he got back from work and she tells me the story, she gave it to him and she was just encouraging him and, and just honoring him and saying, honey, look, it'll be easy for you to do our devotion tonight. Look what I did for you. And he was so pumped and excited. He felt so confident as the man of his house that it did not matter that he needed to use tags. Good morning, Theo. Oh, thank you, baby. That he, didn't need, he, need, that he could use tags in the Bible, and it was okay. So everything went well. The kids were happy. They weren't fighting because the kids would hear them. We think our kids don't hear us fighting. They know. And they could... You know, the things started settling in the house and everything was going well. And then I think about six months later, she came back for advice. Well, she didn't like the first advice, but she came back for the second advice. So then she said, you know, they're having some issues again. And I asked her what was going on. And she just said, look, he's just not leading us. He's not doing devotion. He's not, he's not praying. He's not reading his Bible enough. We, we sound like we're judging and not helping. Um, he, he's not, he's not, just not doing anything. Um, sometimes we come to church, sometimes we don't, sometimes we go to pre-minute, sometimes we don't. You know, it depends on how he feels. And so I reminded her at that moment about Ezer, helper, and I drew her attention to Proverbs 31. And who knows, woman of God, that the virtuous wife, that's the most well-known scripture for women. Guess what? That's not me, but maybe one of you's. But I drew her attention to this virtuous woman, how the character describes this woman um, as virtuous when it comes to her family and her community and, and her love for God. Um, the Bible shows everything about this woman, everything she did was aimed at making her husband's life better in Proverbs 31. She taught her children and she served God. And I reminded her of Proverbs 31, and I encouraged her to do what Proverbs 31 told her to do. Um, so she went, and she thought that was really spiritual. I just, I didn't think it was spiritual. I just think it's practical. And then she went, and then she started to um, like prepare the kids. She wouldn't nag him. It was nagging. She was using the gift against him. And she would just prepare the children, and she'll get up, and she'll encourage her husband. Because sometimes the man in your life needs you to encourage they don't need you. They know what they're doing wrong. 
They don't need you to tell they don't need you to tell them what they're doing wrong because they already know what they're doing wrong. They don't need you to look at them as a failure. They need you to look at them as someone who can succeed. They're just not a finished product. You have a man that's not finished. He is not Adam. He doesn't walk in the cause of the day and talk with God and hallelujah, trees and birds and he's, you know, he's got all this. He is a man that has to overcome so many obstacles in his own personal walk with God. So she goes and she starts to encourage him and she gets the kids up for, she goes, come on honey, let's go to the house of the Lord together and let's go and worship. And she's just been encouraging. She was helping her husband to be, by being the shield because he felt like a failure because he wasn't meeting her expectations of a man. And this is the thing, this is, we don't mind, see, are you stunning? I love you too. Go to mummy. Go to mummy. Okay. And so this is the thing about this particular beautiful lady of God. She would always compare him to other men in the church. You don't do that, right? You don't compare your husband with another man in the church or another man that you see over there or another man that you see over there. And she started to compare him because the men at church, they look holy. Of course they look holy, they're in church. <laughs> oh, they just look all together. Of course they look all together, they're in church. They don't, you know, they don't walk in like... Just, you know, just like silly, they, they walk in like they're the men of the house. Like they're just walking into church. And through this, it encouraged her to be an encourager and helper to her husband. And I want us women to understand this. If they are not meeting what you think the ideal man is, you are setting them up to fail. Because the ideal man that is in your mind like the man to you, you need to make that man, and that man is made when you do it together. Um, my husband was never a nice man when we first met and married. He was too much into volleyball and rugby and this and that. And, and me, I, I, I had three children, like all under the age of three. We didn't have a TV. But anyway, we had all these kids... <laughs> we had all these kids. That's how we make children. But we have all these kids. And my husband, he wasn't helpful. He would go to, to work and he'll bring in the money and it'll be awesome. But then he'll go to volleyball and the boys will come over and then they'll fix the cars and spray paint the cars. And, and I would get angry because I believed that he should be doing what a man should do. Because I've seen the man in the church. And the men at the church look really good. Like they look like they had their life together, right? They look like they love their wife and they look like, you know, look like this perfect man. But then I discovered as we walked together, and I don't know how many times we separated in our marriage. Can you I can't even count, right? I kicked him out of home, threw all his clothes out. You just don't do that. But when I was young, you know, I used to throw out the clothes out. You know, neighbours used to call the police on me because I used to go crazy. But thank God I've a new mind in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And I used to do just crazy things because I was so angry that he wasn't paying me the attention that I believed I deserved. And this is the problem. The man that I was seeing in my mind wasn't that man. 
So God taught me a strategy, and it's in the Bible. It's called prayer. <laughs> and so I'd lay hands every night on this man or by his pillow, and I'd pray this man into existence. I'd just say, Lord, I don't want this guy. It's either you swap him or I'm leaving. And that's honestly my prayer. I didn't have a holy thy God, she shall, you know, this man of God. I didn't have that. I just said, if you don't sort him out, I'm gone. I've had enough. I can't do this anymore. I, don't, I walk into church and I feel like I'm pretending because I walk in like smiling, but I'm not smiling. I'm sad. I'm broken. I'm hurt. I don't feel loved. I don't feel needed. I don't feel wanted. I'm feeling this emotion, and he doesn't understand why I'm feeling this emotion, but he's not paying me attention the way that God told him to pay me attention because he didn't know how God should, he should show me attention. So as we've matured together and we walked, and I thank God, and I say to him all the time, I so thank God for you. I so thank God that we walk through fire together. And no matter how many times we separate and come back, I'll tell you, the church will look in like yo-yos. In the AOG, out of the AOG, in the AOG, out of the AOG, in the AOG, out of the AOG. It was so funny because that's how it was back in the days when we were born in the church. Like we went to Samoan AOG and it was just the way it is. And you would pretend, you'd never tell the pastor that you were separated. You'd just turn up to church and give your money. Oh, no, you say not because you're too young. But that's how it was when I was growing up in the church. And I struggled with church because of that. I struggled to connect to God and connect to people because the way people looked was so holy that I thought, I cannot reach them. And they would pray, and I couldn't even pray like them. I was trying to pray like them. But I couldn't pray like them because they were praying for, like, a long time. And me, my simple prayers is like, oh, Lord, fix this man. I don't want him or I'm leaving. That was my prayer. But do you know what? God heard that simple prayer and he changed that man. And I don't think he just changed that man, he changed this woman. You got it? So can I say to you, just like my friend that came and asked for advice and I told her to go to Proverbs 31 and I told her to use wisdom and, and to start to, to teach her husband and to start to help position her husband that don't look up to him like he is God because he's not. He's going to make failures. He's going to make mistakes. He's going to fall short of her expectations. And when she started to do this, she started to see a shift in her, in her family again. She no longer compared her husband with others. Or she no longer had high expectations of her husband with others. Can I say this to you? The more that you give to one another and God is the centre, the more you'll create the man that you want. If you don't like men what you have, then fix her. You're like, no, that's God's job. No, God said you are the head of your home. Fix her. I'll give you an example and then I'm going to end with this. Okay, we okay? Can you give me two more minutes of your time? Is this boring you to say yes, no, yes, no? Okay, for two minutes, Pastor. Two minutes. The men of God, I know the Kai's getting... Two minutes. I just want to share this. I just want to share this. So as women of God, we need to be careful how to handle the gifts. Um, in Genesis 2, it says, The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. Can we just ask... Theo, Theo. Go to church's church now. Shh, shh. Pastor's almost finished, my darling. The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of the ribs of the pieces. He closed up the flesh in its place, 
and then the wood pieces which the Lord had taken from the man, he built her. I love this. I love this. Listen to this. Um, God used dirt to make the man, but he used man to make the woman. And he built the woman with his own hands. That's why women of God, we are attracted to touch. Yeah, stop touching you, I can see. Um, when I'm down, I normally just sit on my husband like this. And I, his touch helps heal me. No, I'm not kissing you. Um, his husband, um, his touch heals me. This is a godly, this is a god, this is godly. Like, I'm allowed to, is that okay? Okay, so tonight, mum is going to sit on dad. <laughs> Um, my husband has the ability to touch me and heal me. I love how God built you as woman. He scooped down, used his hand, took out a rib of man, and the Bible said he built her. This particular verse points to Ephesians 5, where it says this, Husbands, love your wife. Are you listening, men of God? Husbands, love your wife, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. How did Christ love the church? He laid everything down for her. And he said that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself as a glorious church, not having spots or wrinkles or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Can I remind us this morning, men of God, if you don't like what you have, she has wrinkles and she has spots. And it's up to you to cleanse her by the washing of the word and present her to yourself. If I don't like... If my husband doesn't like something in me, he doesn't identify as like, he comes and he washes that place in me with his, the word of God. He takes out all the wrinkles and the spots and then he presents me back to himself. So I stand before my husband, I'm presented, and he's like, all the time. I love that he always winks at me. But I want that for you, men and women of God, in your relationships and in your marriages. That your partner will still wink at you in 33 years and 50 years and 60 years and 70 years. Marcus. <laughs> I think something's happening in this space. In Jesus' name, I lose the deception. <laughs> so God scooped down, he built this woman, and it pointed us to Ephesians 5 when he says present the church love your wife as Christ loved the church he died for her he laid his life down for her he washed her he looked after her he spoke to her what he wanted for her he didn't speak to her things that were not going to uplift her and build her that's why we have the word I pray that all this stuff make some kind of sense that will help you in your relationships with one another and I want to see marriages last 70, 80, 90 years and I want to encourage you 
as if you have a husband and wife in this room or if your husband's not here or your wife's not here or you, or you have a partner in this room I want to encourage you to take this word and just chew on it talk to one another about it but remember men of God she's going to remember everything you say Amen can we be up let's lift, stand up in the name of the Father Amen Pastor Fina, a hand. Grab some gems out of that. Yeah? Let's close our eyes for a moment.